Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, 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 welcome. It's the Car Session Sports Report. If you're not familiar, you hop in the car, you listen to me talk some sports, you listen to my guests, we talk some sports, we make you laugh, we discuss some things that's rather interesting. You know, you're watching, you listen to sports all day, and sometimes you need a different angle or a different perspective on the things you've been hearing about since this morning on all those other networks and car sessions, because we're in a car. We're here to discuss that with you. So let's get right into it. You know, for those who are not familiar with the show also, I like to set the mood. You know, I, li- I like a little background music. I like to ride out. I like to cruise. So, you know, don't mind the music in the background. Just get in the vibe with me. Also, the name is Jarvie. I'm your host. TJ's going to be joining us to discuss the NFC West in a few minutes. But before we get there, I- I've been sitting back. I've been watching something happen in Major League Baseball that's been kind of, I don't want to say bothering me, but it's been making me raise both my left eyebrow and my right eyebrow, more specifically known as the people's eyebrow. You know what I'm saying? And that's the treatment of Big Poppy with his retirement tour. What made me think about Poppy's retirement tour is the handling of this whole Hall of Fame situation and being at Hall of Fame weekend was this past weekend with Piazza, who had a few red flags of alleged steroid use, and Ken Griffey Jr., one of the greatest to ever do it, and if not for injuries, could have been the greatest to ever do it. I look at Big Poppy and I'm seeing how he's being celebrated from city to city, from town to town, all-star game and all. He got the, the, the wonderful Hall of Fame level send-off in the middle of the game, guys came and they applauded him. You know, it was nice to look at. But why or how is he getting this adulation? That's my question. Was he not named in some steroid reports in the past? He's not an admitted user, but his name came up. He was flagged. So because he wins three World Series for the Boston Red Sox, we just completely disregard the fact that he used steroids or allegedly used steroids. Let's really talk about this. So now you're giving this guy an A1 from day one send-off. But are the voters going to vote him in? Legitimate question here. Our Hall of Fame voters, especially the sticklers for steroid users, the ones who give no steroid users any love when it comes to the Hall of Fame votes. Mark McGuire's not in the Hall. Barry Bonds is not in the Hall. Palmero's not in the Hall. Roger Clemens is not in the Hall. You mean to tell me Big Poppy is going to get in the Hall of Fame before those names? Those names didn't get the send-off that Big Poppy is getting right now. Big Poppy is not Derek Jeter. He's absolutely not Derek Jeter. Why is he getting all his rounds of applause and adulation and admiration? Why? No offense, Boston. No offense. Don't get me wrong. I love Big Poppy. I enjoy his game. I enjoy the swagged out Dominicano making plays happen on the baseball field, hitting those monster home runs. But fair is fair. He's getting this high-level send-off like a Hall of Fame player would get. He getting treated like royalty to All-Star game, like Ted Williams, another Red Sox legend. But there's no guarantee this man's going to the Hall. So what exactly are we doing here? Serious question. That is my question. What exactly are we doing right now? What is the purpose of this poppy celebration? Huh? So that's my homework for you guys. Next week, or even later tonight, if you feel you got the time to call in, call in, give me an answer. What exactly are we doing with this big poppy celebration? What is the end game of this poppy celebration? Is it a celebration because he had a great career, but is his career not tainted based on the way uh, baseball has been treated? Based on the way baseball has been treated? Once, once your name is flagged for steroids, you're automatically tainted, even if at a certain point you use it, and at a certain point you're not using it. Is he not tainted? Is this not baseball rule, baseball etiquette? So you know what? 
as much as I love Poppy, the baseball player, steroids and all, I feel like I, I, I feel obligated to not be fully engrossed and fully embedded in the midst of this celebration. So that being said, baseball and all things related to baseball, I'm looking at you sideways, man. I'm looking at you big time sideways right now. Poppy, I love you, but it is what it is, brother. It is what it is. Another issue that's been, you know, the past 24 to 48 hours in baseball that's been really, really, really give, have me giving baseball and the people within that sport the side eye is this whole situation with Chris Sale. So, let me get this straight. Let me see if I got this right. The guy does not want to wear a throwback uniform on the day he pitches. So instead of going up to the manager and saying, yo, Skip, I don't want to wear that uniform. It affects me. I can't perform to my highest levels because the uniform affects the way I pitch and my and, and the way I feel on the mound. Can we just wear our classic Chicago White Sox and a really nice uniform? I love the White Sox uniform. Can we wear the White Sox uniform, the normal uniform at that? He couldn't do that? No? He had to go run up in the locker room and cut up all the uniforms? Not just his uniform. No, no. Not just his. He had to go cut every last uniform. Is this what we doing in baseball? Is this what we doing in baseball? We don't get our way. So we go and we throw a tantrum. We don't get our way. So we go out of our way, although we are grown men, we go out of our way to do something childish to get our way. This is what's happening in baseball, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not here to rag on baseball on car sessions, but you know what? Somebody got to call a spade a spade here. We out here parading Poppy, an alleged steroid user. His name is in the report. Sale gets suspended, but the baseball fans united have slapped him on the wrist. It's almost like it didn't happen. What is it? If it's not your city, you don't care. We have a grown man playing baseball, getting paid millions of dollars to play baseball, throwing a temper tantrum because he didn't get his way and cut up uniforms that cost a whole lot of money. Five game suspension is not enough. Because at the end of the day, he's a posi- he's not a position player. He's a starter. So you suspended him for five games. He should miss another start. He doesn't deserve to play. You cut up the merchandise. He doesn't deserve to play. Chris Sale. I sound real takey, right? But I've never heard that before, man. You cut up a uniform because you're upset. That's what we do. It's something about baseball, man. And the, and the immaturity of some of these baseball players and the sports as a whole. Baseball is the only sport, right? Where if you do something, you can't really celebrate it too tough. You can't celebrate it too tough because you might get a baseball thrown at you. Huh? No other sport can you worry about a situation like that. Don't piss off the opposing player who didn't do his job, mind you. He didn't do his job. He didn't. He threw the hanging changeup, the hanging curveball, the straight fastball, left it in the sweet spot for that ball to be sent all the way over the fence. Huh? Are you serious? So now, because you didn't do your job, you have the right to throw a fit and throw a baseball at the dude who hit a 500-foot home run? Oh, please, grow up. Do your job. Baseball can be very immature. Even I can see a situation where he's popping his collar and, and, he's, and he walked halfway to first base. Some pitches, if you smoke it and you just look for a second and a half, they want to throw a fastball in your ribs. That's what we do here. So, you know what? 
as of now on Car Sessions, y'all know I'm a Met fan. I, I do my Met segment. But now I really have to get a fine-tooth comb of baseball. And I got to start combing out these issues and discussing them on this show because it's getting a little ridiculous. I'm in my pocket tonight. Y'all could probably hear it by the tone of my voice. I'm in my pocket tonight. I was excited to get back on here. I felt like I didn't perform last week. I felt like I dropped 14. I know I do 30 a night. I, I only scored 14 last week. But I'm not going to kick baseball anymore. Grow up. Don't cut uniforms. Do your job. Stop celebrating guys who probably won't even get in the Hall of Fame because of things that are exactly related to performance, a.k.a. performance enhancement. I'm talking about it, people. You know there's no holes barred here. That being said, there's another hot-button issue. Not even just, you know... In sports, but in the United States, and it's the issue of marijuana. I wanted to talk about this marijuana issue because I saw a football player, he missed a suspension, excuse me, he missed a drug test which led to a suspension, and then reports came out later that he missed multiple drug tests. So now... This player, Le'Veon Bell, if you're not sure who I'm talking about, more than likely missed the drug test because he has a habit of smoking marijuana. Now, Javi hosts the car sessions, the car sessions sports report. I'm not a, a smoker. But at the same time, I feel like, and I'm before I continue, I say I'm not a smoker because I don't want you to feel like I'm an advocate for marijuana because I'm not. If, if, if that's what you do, that's what you do. But I say that to say, as of right now, the current climate and the current stance on marijuana is clearly softening. There's more information about this so-called drug. At this point, I'm not even sure if I want to call marijuana a drug. There's other things that marijuana could be laced with that takes it to different places. But the natural marijuana, I'm not comfortable calling that a drug. And it was certain states making it legal at least on a medicinal level people are starting to get more information to where they're seeing that there's positive effects to marijuana why are we still in a billion dollar industry testing these players especially football players which it's already been shown that marijuana helps with all of the, the, the physical ailments that they deal with with such a with such an impactful game why are we still testing for marijuana like it's 2016. Why should a football player have to dodge a drug test because he doesn't want to get binged for smoking weed? If you go to Denver, you can get weed. Not even Denver. Not Denver. Go to Colorado the State. I believe Utah also. I mean, come on, guys. Come on. At some point, there needs to be a more realistic stance on this issue. It has to be because it's a little foolish now. I can see for like I spoke about Big Poppy and his performance enhancing drugs. He's taking steroids that directly makes him better than what he can be. Marijuana doesn't do that. Why are we still wasting time testing for that? This is something I really want you guys to digest. It's about sports, but it's not necessarily about sports. Why are we still testing for that? I could see if it's cocaine or any other kind of drug, meth, pills, Xanax, whatever. That I get it, but marijuana, y'all have to stop. And then this is another thing that I want to bring to your attention, and it's going to make you say, hmm, Darby on car sessions doesn't normally play the race card, but in a situation like this, I'm going to say something to you, I'm going to let you digest, and I'm going to let you think about this. It's not even something for you to refute. Just put this in your pocket. And go forward with it. In the NBA. And in the NFL. They test for marijuana. In the NHL. And MLB. They don't test for marijuana. What, what, what is the connection there? The blacker sport. Gets tested for weed. The whiter sport. In ear quotes. For both. Doesn't get tested for weed. Legitimate question here. What part of the game is that? 
Leave that alone. Odell Beckham, Josh Norman. Really? Really? Are we still doing this? You know, I'm a Giants fan. I love Odell. I'm going to say this, and I want you to put me on record. I believe that Odell is an extremely, extremely, extremely special player. I think that what he has, as much as his hard work, he is gifted. God blessed him with something extra that a lot of us just don't have. And I love the football player Odell Beckham. I'm starting after, you know, doing my little film studies. I do that from time to time when I have some private time. I looked up Josh Norman. I I looked him up. I've been kicking him in the past. But I've seen his technique. He's a ball hawk. He actually does have man coverage skills. He has the size for the modern cornerback. He's he's a bigger body than your classic five foot nine, five foot ten speedster. He's he's a grown man, right? But this whole thing that these guys are doing, for me, is corny now. I love a rivalry. If Josh Snowman had been with the Redskins for years, or Odell had been with the Giants for years, and it was a true rivalry, these guys have been going at it. Then I could understand If they were going at it like Rice and Dion In the late 80s, early 90s I could understand But they've only been on the field once And they can't keep their names out of each other's mouths Yo, y'all should just hug Just hug each other When the game, September 25th When y'all play Instead of doing all of that pitter-pat y'all was doing The face mask tugging and all of that Let's go hug each other, pound it out You'll say, what's good, bro? You know what? The past is the past And let's just move on Because it's corny Y'all not boxers You're not gonna square up and fight with the gloves on You're not gonna go to UFC 205 And and get your MMA on You're not gonna fight You're gonna play football He's gonna cover you The Giants perform Dell around So it's not like he's gonna be on the island with him all day He's gonna have probably about Maybe 50% of the offensive plays He might be coming by knowing Because Odell moves around so much That it's not gonna be a, a, a featured situation Where every play is gonna be Norman on Odell So you guys need to cut the crap Every now and again, I enjoy a rivalry. I love a feud. I love it. I live for it in the sports. But I like it when it's team-based. When two teams have been going at it for a little minute, and then a couple of the star players just happen to dislike each other. I enjoy the hell out of that. But two guys who've only played one game and, and had a cat fight on the field and threw tantrums at separate occasions, both of them, I don't respect that. So let's move on. Like that movie Frozen. Let it go. Let it go. You guys got to do more than have one game and, and make a couple of plays in each other for this to be continuously getting national news. It's not newsworthy when you really think about it. It's two guys acting like girls all the time. Little girls throwing hissy fits. You guys are grown men playing the most alpha sport out there. Professional football. Knock it off. Yes, TJ, he's on the line. We about to get into the NFC West in a minute, but I got to wrap it up. I got to wrap up this first segment of the car session sports support by seriously, seriously taking apart something that made me laugh really hard. Now, Friday, had a little vacation from work. I was off. I get an alert to my phone, right? What does the alert say? The alert says, Derrick Rose calls Knicks super team. (laughs) Derrick Rose calls Knicks super team. Really? Super team, Derrick Rose. And then he coins it by they say, they don't want no super teams, et cetera, et cetera. I guess referencing Adam Silver's comments about the super team in Golden State. Derek wasn't speaking about the Knicks. I don't even think he had the Knicks anywhere near his brain when he mentioned super team. I think he was referencing the one move <laughs> of Kevin Durant. Going to the Golden State Warriors. Not Joe Kim, Badfoot Noah, and Derek, Bad Knee Rose going to the Knicks. 
Let's not forget that this deal was not a blockbuster. Derrick Rose going to the Knicks was not a blockbuster. Most people who followed this trade or who reported on this trade, who spoke on this trade, called it good business. When a trade is called good business, more often than not, it's viewed in the sense that a team took on a slight risk but didn't give up much to take on said risk. Or they made a move that could benefit them, but if it didn't work, it wouldn't hurt either. There's no way a super team can be formed from a deal that's considered good business. <laughs> Yo, you have people all over the country laughing at Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose is one of the most delusional players in the NBA. If you go back and you have some time, sports fans, if you have some time, go back, listen to classic Derrick Rose quotes, and you will see that this is not the first time he said something that just left you like, huh? Really? What? No. And that will be your reaction. Derrick, if this was 2012 or 2011, right after the Mellow trade, and, and the Knicks happened to have come up on Joe Kim Noah and yourself at the same time that they got Carmelo Anthony, then you would have had a super team. If this is 2012, coming off the lockout season, it would have been a super team. But in 2016, when you still have a Cleveland team with the combination platter himself, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, and the king himself, finals reigning envy, reigning best player in the world, LeBron James, still over there. You still got that team in Indiana who made better moves than you. You still have the Toronto Raptors. Derek, the Knicks are not a super team. Adam Silver was not talking about you. Stop listening to your homeboy in the barbershop. Stop actually, stop giving off your opinions and putting they in front of it just to soften the blow so that you don't look crazy and, it, and the they who said it sounds crazy and it's not you. We were, you're not low, Derek. We all peeped the game. You were speaking for yourself. Nobody thinks the Knicks are a super team. This is not a Nick Basher segment, but it's extremely, extremely, extremely comical that Derek Rose thought that that was going to sneak by anybody. The Knicks are not a super anything. They were a super 2012 NBA 2K team. That's it. All right. All right. I'm finished. I'm finished. I'm finished. <sighs> TJ! <laughs> TJ, TJ, TJ. We got to talk about the NFC West, don't we? Yeah, what's up? I just got to make sure you got it all out because you, like, you was highly emotional there for a minute and everything. Just got to make hey, sure man. you got everything. I, I told you, I, I told the listeners, man, I dropped 14 last week. I usually do 30 a night, bro. I, I can, They deserve better for me. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. They deserve better, and I'm here to give them better, bro. This is what we do. Call session sports report. What's good, man? How was your weekend? My weekend was pretty good, man. Look, looking forward to another great weekend coming up. Well, even though it's Monday, but yeah, I get through this week, and we'll make it happen. Nah. That's all. You got that. You got the right mentality. I wake up on Mondays looking towards the weekend off the rip, so you got the right mentality, man. I try. Wrong, you know what I mean? All right, yes, brother. Well, let's get right into it. Let's get. You know why you here? NFC West preview, part two of our eight-week series of previewing the NFL season. TJ, the floor is yours. Wherever you want to go, I will follow. Uh, I'm gonna start at the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, and I think we both agree with this and everything. Let's go to that to that other Bay team. Not the Raiders, but we do NFC West, and we'll talk 49ers first. Let's get it. Chip Kelly. What okay. is Chip Kelly? I don't know what he is. The man is myth, the legend. I don't even know he's a legend. Oh, whatever. Like, this team, it will be a top five pick next season, guaranteed. Maybe top three. Yeah. Yeah. I seen a post earlier today that with Josh Gordon returning, it's a bank that the 49ers will have the first pick in next year's draft. Mm-hmm. I could see that. I could totally see that. Um, quarterback, don't know what they want to do there. Chip Kelly. See, the good thing about Chip Kelly, he's an okay coach, but that system, I don't think it works in the NFL because you're going to have your defense on the field longer than your offense is on the field. And from my, my recollection, I think it's supposed to be the opposite. You want to try to tie out the other squad's defense. 
Right. You're de- you already tiring out your defense just by having an offense not going to be on the field for a buffer so long. Chip Kelly's downfall was when he wanted GM control over Philadelphia. So now, I think, personally, he's probably a one-and-done in San Francisco. Okay. Because he's going to run those players ragged, and nobody wants to play for him, and it is what it is. So I'm putting the 49ers at the fourth spot, and I think most of our astute listeners will agree with me with that. If not, treat us, and we'll talk about it. Well, go ahead, bro. Mm. Girl, I don't, I'm, I'm a grown man, bro. <laughs> but, uh, 49ers, bro. Spent, as you know, you were there. I spent the whole last season railroading Chip Kelly. I don't like that guy. You know that already. My biggest right. issue with any coach at any level is coaching one way as opposed to coaching to win. I cannot stand that. Chip Kelly fell into that trap with the Eagles last year. He also right. fell into the trap of of not understanding that on the NFL level, as much as it's about managing talent, it's also about managing personalities. He failed miserably at managing personalities in, in, in Philadelphia. Philadelphia at the same time, the media is a little bit rough. It's a, it's a much more intense town. It's a rougher town. Fair is fair. Let's call it a spade a spade. In San Francisco, it's a lot more laid back. It's a lot more reserved. And the personalities in San Francisco as currently constituted are not as volatile. I think what we have have to take into account here, TJ, is the fact that whereas he came to an Eagles team that was already loaded, he's coming into a San Fran situation where these guys were very good last year. Essentially, Chip Kelly wasn't very good last year. Both sides need each other. So maybe the players would be more willing to learn and Chip Kelly be more willing to teach and manage personalities. I think it's going to come down to that to that guy, Colin Kaepernick. It's an, easy, it's an easy route to go. But again, you're a football guy, TJ. If this guy is determined, Chip Kelly, I mean, is determined to run the read option, who better than Colin Kaepernick to run it? But is Colin Kaepernick willing to? to run that office. He wants to be a pocket guy, but sometimes you have to look yourself in the mirror and know what you are. He's not a pocket passer. He's an elite athletic quarterback. We've seen it already. So, TJ, do you think? Do you think that he can do Wait, that? But but the question is, even before you go there, because you could make the argument that Blaine Gabbert played better than Kaepernick last season. Yeah, but Kaepernick was, was cutting his cutting off his nose to spite his face last season. He wasn't playing his games. He was, he was forcing himself to play a game that he's no good at. Listen, regardless of what, if the proof is in the pudding, what happened last year is still the most relevant thing in his career. Even though he went to the Super Bowl and everything, but what have you done for me lately? Gabbard came in and he played moderately well. He was able to distribute the ball around and everything. Kaepernick wasn't doing that. I don't. I never believed in Kaepernick from even when he went to the Super Bowl versus the Ravens. I didn't I believe mean, in him from then. I understand what you're saying, brother. I totally do. He fits that. But, he fits that mold of what of what Chip Kelly wants to do. He fits the mold the and everything. But this, but this is the question, bro. If if this is what if Chip Kelly's gonna run his offense, Blaine Gabbert don't have a job in San Francisco. He he can't run the read option the way Kaepernick can. It's not even a question, bro. No, right. That's right. But do you think also similar to like how what was in it the Wildcat? Yeah. Was being run, and everybody caught up to that. Do you think everybody caught up to the read option now? Um, I think it's a I bad. Would, I wouldn't go as far as to say that it's been caught up to or it's a fad. It's more about how it's being run. If you look at what's happening in Seattle, you look at what's happening in Carolina. They both still run a variation of the read option, but they know how, when, and where to deploy it. It's still about the deception. Right. And if you have the right quarterback, that deception is is, is is crippling all the time. You look at can't, can't the threader can't run and neutralize the defense a lot of times. We've seen what Russell Wilson could do with his legs and and that fake. And even when Beast Mode was hurt and they had rolls in there, the, the offense still worked because of the deception. So, but it has to be a quarterback willing to run that offense. So that's like my question: Is Kaepernick willing to embrace what he is? 
That's my question ask. when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers. But let me throw this at you, though. Those okay. other two quarterbacks, they can't throw from the pocket. Kaepernick cannot throw from the pocket. He okay. cannot. That's why those two systems kind of, that's why it kind of works for both Cam and Russell Wilson. Because yeah. they both can sit there and throw, step up and throw the ball downfield and yet still be able to roll out and make plays with their feet if need be. True, but also, we've seen from Colin Kaepernick, when he was running the system, he might not be a prototypical pocket passer, right? But he's a rhythm passer. You get a couple of passes in there early, you can't stop Colin Kaepernick. I really, maybe I'm, I, obviously I hold him to a higher regard than you based on what I've seen so far in his career, when it's been right. I believe that when it's been right, he's a boss. He's shown it. It's been a blip. Fair, fair is fair. But Jim Kelly, and I throw this at you and I want you to digest this one. If Carlos Hyde can ball out, retired right tackle Anthony Davis, he's apparently trying to get reinstated back to the league, TJ. So if the Come running game is there. Huh, hey, yeah, I don't know if we gonna spend any more money. But if he goes back to the 49ers, the O line is a little bit stronger. The running game is a little bit stronger. And and if I know anything about offense, is that even if a quarterback is not an elite pocket passer, if he has to make easy throws, he's very effective. And if and if the running game is strong enough, Kaepernick will just have to make the easy throws, and the offense will work. Yeah, no, not in that division. I'm sorry. No, I'm, not, I, no, 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 I, I'm, I'm speaking in general. They're going to be in last place just by the default of what the division is. But I'm not okay, writing I'm, them off on a level like you're writing them off. I think they're going to be a lot better okay. than people think. I, I, I don't even think I give them a lot of credit on. I do think Carlos Hodge is a pretty good back. He was hurt for the majority of last season. Well, for a good portion of last season. I won't say majority. And everything. Right. I still think the defense is actually very, very good. Yeah, yeah. So it might help them, but I'm sorry, I don't believe in anything Chip does. Period. So I'm gonna. You have two X's, and those are the two biggest X's to me. Your quarterback is a big if, and your coach is a big if. So I'm, I'm not, not mad I'm at not, that. I, I know in this yeah. situation, I'm, I'm, I'm my argument. Isn't on the strongest legs. I'm I'm basing my whole stance on a projection of what it could be. So I have to respect where you're coming from. I'm I'm saying that I'm expecting Chip Kelly smarten up, and I'm also expecting the quarterback Kaepernick to smarten up. But I, but at the same time, based on what you're saying and what we've seen, as you've said, this, this might be a failure of epic proportions. Yes, sir. So we both agree that we got them in the fourth spot, right? Yes. Yes, I got him as a right. strong four. You got him as Basuda. <laughs> That's the only oh. difference. <laughs> oh, definitely. 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 Call Carlos and him to make him come pick the garbage up. It is definitely right for them this season. And the bad part about they were good not too long ago. Like, everything went down the drain when they let yeah. Jim Harbaugh go. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? I throw this at you, too, before we shift gears. The relationship between Chip Kelly and Jed York might come into play there. We saw how that relationship with ownership, the GM, and the coach kind of railroaded Harbaugh. And Chip Kelly's another stubborn guy, big personality guy. Let's see how that plays out as well. Yeah, I totally agree. See, the only good thing about for Chip, he has that pipeline of players from that area and the Oregon thing. So he has that yeah. northeast, northwest part of America going for him, so that's one positive. It might be able to work and everything, but still fourth. Hey, we gonna see, man. Um, let's stay in Cali though. Let's let's go to L.A. Brand new, Ooh. but not new. Los Angeles Rams. What it is? We I haven't heard that one since like the early '90s and everything. Like when I first started uh, playing that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Throw better on the Rams and all that. <laughs> yeah, man. Like that was. Oh man, I remember those days. But anyway, now listen. I love the Rams roster in terms of defensively, and you know I love defense. Yes. I love their. I love. I even like their offensive line a little bit. I. Their running back. He probably will be the best running back in the next two years in the league inside Gurley. Yeah. But the problem is, Mr. 500, Jeff Fisher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
every season he comes in and he only like he just underwhelms like seven and nine, eight and eight. And I would think with this defensive, you have Aaron Donald on the line. You have Alec Ogletree, who I think is one of the most underrated linebackers in the league. You have like that defense should be better than what it was last season. Now you have a rookie quarterback coming in. I don't even know if he gets a start off of it because L.A., I don't know. Like, we, L.A. hasn't seen football, pro football, in such a long time, so I don't know if they're going to be on him like that. But, like, it, this one just boils down to the coach, and I don't want to put the Rams at third, but, like, they, I'm more so on the point where you have to prove it to me. Prove me, prove me that you're better than third, which I think this roster is. I think this team can be better than third. I think they could contend okay. for the division, not for a championship, but for a division. Okay. But like I, I don't know, man. It's Jeff Fisher, man. Just Jeff Fisher, man. That's you know, I TJ, I I agree. Jeff Fisher, he had honestly. This might sound disrespectful, but Jeff Fisher to me hasn't done anything. Remarkable since taking the Titans to the Super Bowl many moons ago. Mm-hmm. He's been a solid coach, but none of his teams have really made an impact. I think the Titans got wrecked by the Ravens the following year. You know, they, they lost a couple of painful home games with Eddie George in his prime. Jeff Fisher is an average head coach with, with a lot of cachet, and I'm not necessarily sure why. Yeah? But my yeah. biggest issue with Mr. Beyond Mr. 500 is the fact that as much as you have talent, just like last week I spoke on it, if you don't have a quarterback in a passing league, you ain't going to do anything. Even if you want to run the ball predominantly, when it's time to win, you have to put the ball in the air. They don't even know if they still want to use Foles or the quarterback that they just drafted or Case Keenum. Golf wasn't anything to, to, to laugh about or not to laugh about, to, to praise about in the first place. Like, who is going to throw the ball? You're going to L.A., big city. The, the, league, the league and the fans have been crying to get L.A. football back for a long time now. You don't have a quarterback. You don't, Outside of your running back position, what do you have? Kenny Britt is your wide receiver? Who? Tavon Austin. I don't believe in any of them. Who? Brian Quick? Farrell Cooper? Who are these guys? I'm being facetious, but I'm just saying. You go into L.A. with one side of the ball relatively strong and the other side of the ball damn near replacement level. Because of the fact that the defense is is so stout, they're going to be in games, and whoever's under center is going to be able to steal a few games because if the defense is playing well and Gurley can keep, keep the ball going on the ground and, again, make it as easy as possible for the quarterback, they can steal a few games, but they're not good enough. Strong, strong on the offensive, strong on the defense. Weak on the offense sounds like an eight and eight team to me. Yeah, I agree. You know, I agree. And again, I'm not even gonna try. Gotta go. I, I, it's time for him to get fired, TJ. Let's let's let's. I'm putting it out there. I don't know if you agree, but I'm putting it out there right now. It's time for him to go, man. I would listen. I would love for Jeff Fisher to actually show what he's worth and everything more so than what his record has been. And everything, like, I would love to see them succeed, but, like, I don't know, man. Like, I just don't know. Like, I do think this oh, you is know. make a break here. You know. You know, I, you know, you know, TJ. You know, you know. You know what it is. It's yeah, time for him to go. This is his make a break year, man. And you know what? It gets to a point where if they start slow, I see him going. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I miss season five. I see that. Oh. Okay. I, I could see I that, see too, that. because this is not St. Louis where you can hide behind the baseball team for much of the fall because the Cardinals are, in baseball are always good. L.A., L.A.'s cutthroat. They, they, when they, as much as they want to make L.A. out to be a laid-back town, as a Laker fan, I've seen them run coaches out of town. I've seen what they've done to the Dodgers. The Dodgers have to kind of invert their rebuilding process by spending money up front while grooming the kids just so that the fan base would be happy. So L.A. Yep. is going to turn the fire up on the mustache, Mr. 500 himself, Jeff Fisher. So, I'm, and you know what? I'm going to agree with you wholeheartedly. If they are really bad, 
he's going to be gone midseason. I'm right next to you. We're going to both go down with the ship with that one. Okay, fair enough. Like, I, I definitely see that. Um, It's going to be, like, if they don't win, man, it's going to be bad, man. Like, I, like it will be to a point where people would rather see the Saturday games being UCLA and USC playing <laughs> than, than the Rams. And yeah. don't disrespect to those programs because they should be t- very good programs this season going into the college football season. But mm-hmm. professionally, come on. It'll be bad. People would rather go to brunch than see the Rams play. <laughs> come on. Listen, you know how you know how when you play on a field with a college team and they change the end zones over to represent the, the, the pro team, they should still run yeah. into the end zone that says USC because they, they haven't earned the right to have Rams painted in the end zone yet. That's how I feel about this team. And until the mustache, Mr. 500, Jeff Fisher, gets out of town, I don't think we can honestly take this team seriously. It's 2016. Yeah. I got to repeat it again. It's 2016. And he's still trying to build a football team like it's 1996. Times have changed. You can't build a team that way anymore. You have to play offense to some degree. You don't have to be an offensive juggernaut, but you have to have a quarterback. You got to have at least one guy to run the ball. You got to have at least one versatile running back who can pass and who can catch and run. And you have to have a wide receiver and or tight end who can get down the field. You just have to have that. And they don't have any of that. Outside of Todd Gurley, they don't have any of that. How did you manage to mess this up? And you haven't been good, so you've had draft picks. Like, what are you doing, mustache? Mr. 500, Jeff Fisher. <laughs> well, man, listen, man. I, I don't know. Man, we got to move on now, man. Like, I'm, I'm, right, tired, I'm tired of getting my head in. You don't want to talk about the mustache? I'll let you take the lead on number two. I'll let you take the lead on number two. Jeff Fisher? You didn't want to talk about him no more? All right. I respect it. Because right now, I'm just seeing a silhouette of mustache right now. I'm not even seeing his face. I just see a mustache right now. Yeah. It's mustache. With a mullet in 26. All right, I'm stop. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. So now this is where this is this is where it gets interesting. I believe for the both of us. A year ago, you had Seattle Seahawks taking a step back. I, I disagree with you. This year, I think they are the second place team in the NFC West. DJ, I think they're the clear cut second place team in the NFC West. Uh. I just believe that, you know what, this is going to be their, I would say, their fifth year of this high-level run. It started off, you know, with the second-round defeat. I believe they lost to the Falcons in the second round that year. They won the Super Bowl. They lost in the Super Bowl, and they got beat by the the Panthers. This is year five of their high-level run, right? But along the way, they've lost pieces. And it's not like they've lost, like, big pieces in the past. They lost those backup guys, those high-level – they did a great job of drafting. Those high-level backups – that made their team tough to deal with. To me, their roster looks very top-heavy to me. Like They still have their name-brand skill players, but the, the the backup pieces, the auxiliary pieces that made that team stand up, they're gone. On top of the fact that Beast Mode is gone, and on top of the fact that you have unhappy players at key positions at defensive end and strong safety. Honestly, TJ... Because the way this division is set up, I'm not sure two teams get into the playoffs. I don't think this is the second place for the wild card. I think that this is the year the Seahawks missed the playoffs, my brother. I think everything Ooh. that's going on behind the scenes, off the field, the, as Pat Riley would say, the disease of me, the money. Now we're going to see things wow. going over. Baldwin's finally got paid. The quarterback, Wilson, got paid. But the anchors... That made this team known. It wasn't the, the legion of offense. It was a legion of boom. And defensive players crying for money. And they're not getting paid, TJ. What does that usually mean when guys don't get paid? That means that the effort starts to wane. They got to protect their investment for the contract that's going to come from their future team. And I think this is the year that the, the years of sacrifice, the years of putting your body on the line, and the years of, of waiting for that paycheck. It's going to come to a head, and there's no beast mode in the locker room. There's no real dude in that locker room anymore. Sherman is a big mouth, but we know beast mode was big homie. And the lack of beast mode, that voice, it's going to hurt. I think this is the year that the Seahawks go about 9-7, and seven, and they miss the playoffs. I'm saying it right now. This is the year. Man, whoa. Wow. That is yeah, right? actually really big. Like, I'm surprised we agreed thus far. In terms of rankings for these squads and everything, 
I can see what you're saying. It makes sense. I, I had them. You know how I feel about the Seahawks. I had them taking a yes. step back last season. Um, I do like the progression of what Russell Wilson has become towards the right. end of last season. But right. you you do make a valid point with people wanting their money and kind of wanting to like, invest in themselves and not play as hard. But you know when you don't play as hard, they say that you get hurt and everything. So, yeah. ah, man, like you make a valid, make a valid argument for this, man. Um, how, how many years are they going to keep I just the money see, and not get paid? I just don't see Carol be able like I see Carol be able to make something work with you guys. Like still be able to go out there and ball. Like right now I feel like that voice in the locker room that you were talking about might be Michael Bennett, but then Michael Bennett is screaming for a new contract too though. Right. This is what I'm saying. Marshawn Lynch is not there anymore. He was big homie on that team. Who's gonna who's gonna step up and have guys be willing to play and not get paid? Because we've already seen the Seahawks. They're willing to not pay dudes. They, oh, you want to hold out? Go ahead. They're still not going to pay you. So they can't hold out. They've checkmated the holdout. So what, what is the right. end game? That's my question. Yeah. What, is, what is the end game? So you're basically saying that you, like, if they were to finish 8-8, eight and eight, you yeah. wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised. All On right, top let me of the ask fact you that this they one. don't have the auxiliary pieces, they don't have the backup pieces now, or oh, you don't want to play. Remember, years passed. Especially 2012, 2013, they had they had ways. I would say first and strength, second string on the Seahawks was damn near elite. They don't have that anymore, so you can't bench a guy and slide him in with somebody else and get away with it. They are dependent right. on their first string guy. All right, so let me ask you this: Would you be surprised if the Rams then slid, uh, slid into the second spot and the Seattle Seahawks slid into the third? It will be a second slot. By way of default, not because the Rams are good, but because the Seahawks imploded. Okay. Like, I'll say this. You said something about Russell Wilson. He is the caveat. If Wilson is he's getting paid like one, if Wilson continues his progression, maybe he can tip that balance. It was a defense. It was, I'll say, 60-40 defense to offense when they were really good. If it's 60-40 offense to defense now because Wilson is making that progression, maybe they can still squeeze out 10-6 and make the playoffs. But, again, and as much as it stabs me in the heart to have to agree with you being an offensive guy, once again, we are seeing that as much as offenses do put points on the, on the board, in the playoffs too, defenses, when you need stops, when you need to flip a game, it's what usually gets the job done. And if guys are not playing defense, you're telling me that Doug Baldwin and Russell Wilson is going to get you enough points to win? They damn near didn't score in Minnesota in the playoffs last year. I can't trust those guys. They right. They, they, got, but, wait. they put up. They was down thirty-one to nothing before they decided to play against the Panthers. I can't trust those guys. Wait, but wait. I, I think we did the service here because we didn't play any other a specific person, and we did not mention one thing. I think What's Seattle up? put those goodies on Russell Wilson. Oh. We didn't say any future for this. Oh. So we, he <laughs> like he might regress this season. I, I completely <laughs> forgot about that. I completely forgot about that. I just reminded myself about that. She put them goodies on him, and you know you're not supposed to be playing like that, whatever. He don't know how to handle that yet, and everything. So, like, uh, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, I, I'm just gonna leave that one right there. Uh, you know, I say this: those goodies might invigorate him, though. You never know. Man, listen, those, his those whole goodies time when he was playing, he wasn't getting those goodies, man. This hey, whole time man. He's playing well. He wasn't getting those. It's even the goodies is going to cause him some testosterone or it's going to give him a boost, but we'll have to wait and see. We, we don't want to scare off the listeners now, but those goodies might be. Hey. Well, those goodies might tip that scale of 65, 35, and then the offense is, is moving because he's getting that. You never know. I don't know. I'm just speculating. Uh, man, listen, I'm speculating too, man, but like I know my coach used to say, don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, just leave it alone. Leave it alone. Damn. Leave it alone. Damn, Daniel. Damn, <laughs> Daniel. All right, bro. So, what are you saying about that? I said a lot about the Seahawks. Like, are, are, are you a strong playoff second place, or are you with me out of the playoff second place? <sighs> wild card. See, regardless of what, they, they could be fighting for a wild card spot. Right. I have to think about it. Look at everybody else out there. That could be contending. Maybe the Saints might make a run back towards it. Tampa Bay, I don't think it's there yet. They're itching closer. The mm-hmm. NFC East, 
NFC East, I do like certain things going on over there, but like, uh, it's gonna be hard just to knock out the knock out Seahawks to completely out the playoffs. I might have them vying for that sixth and final wild card spot, so we'll see. We'll see. I don't want to spoil anything, but I'm, matter of fact, I'm not going to say anything. Just, everybody, just keep tuning in week to week for these division break, breakdowns because I'm going to surprise you with what I'm going to say in a few weeks. That's all I'm going to say. That's that's called a, a tease. In a couple of weeks, I'm going to surprise a few people, and, and they're going to they're gonna want to give me a pound for what I'm going to say, and I'm just going to leave it like that. Okay. But let's move on. First place, we both have the Arizona Cardinals. I believe that this team, you know what? Last year, I, w- I wasn't necessarily sold big, big on them coming into this season, but watching them play, I think that the, Se- the Seahawks, the Cardinals, fell victim to home field advantage in the NFC Championship game. I really believe that once they got punched and that crowd in Carolina got loud, they couldn't recover. But, but had that game been in Arizona, they might have gone to the Super Bowl last year. I'm willing to say they would have gone to the Super Bowl had they had home field. They have the horses, not had, they have the horses still on this roster to do big things. I think they're about two deep at running back position. They got about three top-level wide receivers, in my opinion. I don't know if you agree with me. I think Michael Ford is a beast. You know what it is, Larry Fitzgerald. I, I think uh, 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 Brown Johnny is a B, beast that's my favorite. Well. Johnny exactly. B is my favorite right there. He's a beast. He's a beast. You know what I'm saying? Chris Johnson, resurgent. Stephon Taylor, resurgent. Not even resurgent. He stepped up. Andre Ellington, three deep at the running back position. He was my star running back in fantasy. You know what I'm saying? I I, I named named him just now, bro. No, I didn't. David Johnson, that's four. I'm thinking about Chris Johnson. But Stephon Taylor really stepped up when he was there. But those guys were rotation. David Johnson. But... My question to you is, how do they divvy that up? We know they have the talent. If this was Madden, they'd be ranked at about, what, 91, 92, right? What? Does playing time, because you got four useful, let's say three and a half useful running backs, three useful wide receivers, strong O-line, you know what the defense is about. But does playing time at the skill position start to rear his ugly head? Do guys start feeling the way because they're not getting enough touches? Or is that, do, are, are you confident that these guys will stay the course? Man, listen. The Kango has everything in control out there. He's okay. cool as a fan. Like, as long as they're winning, they'll make it happen. I disagree with you about the punch in the mouth with the, with the NFC what was that, championship game. They got I think rolled, bro. Cost, uh, no, no, they did get rolled. I think Carson Palmer's hurt and everything. I think he was hurt beyond repair and everything. And so Patrick that's like Peterson what really messed him up. like a moron. He was getting roasted. Don't don't do that to Carson. Patrick Peterson was getting embarrassed out there. Yeah, right. And then how much? Then how many picks did Carson throw in that game? He had how much to. Defense wasn't getting any stops when you got to throw Carson throws to get he back. He started in the off game? throwing picks, bro. He started off throwing picks. Fine, 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 fine. He started right. off that that way. I tried. Carson, I tried. Yeah. I tried to, I tried yeah, to be. Yeah, don't, don't, don't do that. Because you know how I feel about the Cardinals going into last season. I had the Cardinals Fine. win the division last season. Fine. So, like, I'm there with that. Fine. And I also said that Jeremy Matthews was going to be a big aspect. He comes back this season. He plays on that in that back, in that in that rear of the defense. Plays well back there. He's a ball hawk. Right. As a matter of fact, he's a new age. Troy Palomaro. He's all over the field. Ooh. All over Can he the stay field. on the field? What's up? Can he stay on the field? I think he can. Okay. I, do, I definitely think he can. I think the fact that with the addition of Chandler Jones coming in, that actually mm-hmm. helps him out. Okay. Because now he doesn't have to come to the line as much and do the little blitzes that they will do. They got just like try to depend on the uh, on some sort of pass rush. That was another thing that they were lacking last season. A pass rush. They didn't have that. Okay. I like their D backs. I like their linebackers. I like my one of my favorite defensive players in the league, John Buchanan. He okay. plays that hybrid and everything. Listen, there'll be enough balls to go around to throw for touchdowns. You got Larry Fitzgerald to take care of the specials and everything. Hands, squats, 
He'll just make sure everybody's like good because he's been there before. Right. Um, he's like he. He's not the captain, but he's the captain of that shit. He don't get to see on the jersey, but he, we all know he's the true captain on that shit. Fair enough. Um, do you think that you know Docket not being around the team anymore, not being a voice, retiring? Will that be missed in the locker room? Because a lot of the times the teams, you know, they have expectations. We, it's not like last year where it was still about Seattle and only a few guys like yourself, TJ, kind of saw the Cardinals coming. This is their year. A lot, no, any guy with eyes knows the Cardinals are a problem in the NFC. Who's going to be the leader of that team? Who's going to keep them focused? Besides, all right, you got the coach, but there has to be a player to keep these guys on course, keep them on message. Who's going to be that guy for this team? I got three candidates for you. I got Calais Campbell, I got Patrick Peterson, right. and I got to go with the Honey Badger. Like, okay. The, the simple fact that the Honey Badger hopefully gets his contract done this season too. When that was going to be my next question. Wrong. Did he get paid? Because money is real in the NFL. You saw how they yeah, reacted to real. NBA free agency. Right. I, I do think that they'll pay him. I do think that they want him to be a part of that team. Um... The simple fact that he makes plays, man, like that's inspiring for that roster right there. Like that's very inspiring and everything. So you know, you know what they kind of remind me of? Not like verbatim, but the way the team plays and the way the ruggedness of their style it was those those mid to late two thousand Steelers teams. A lot of talent everywhere, and and they're not wimps. You know what I mean? Like they 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 play yeah. a nice game to look at, but they will hit you. And they will play grown man football. I'm getting the coach is swagged out, kind of like the coach in Pittsburgh. I'm starting to feel, I'm getting that vibe around them that they they got the juice to see. I, I'm I'm on, I'm picking them in matter seventeen. I'm just gonna say it right now. I'm picking them in matter seventeen. That's the team that I think can really do some damage in the NFL, man. So yeah, I, I need I need them to to do right by me because I don't want to look crazy in in January if they miss the playoffs or they get bumped out in the first round. Real quick. I was confusing Stephon Taylor with David Johnson. I want to thank you for the correction. That's why I had him. I'm saying Stephon Taylor, but I was thinking about David Johnson, who showed up late in the Got season. He was the, he was the biggest beast of them all. And, and A. Rich, when we were doing a show together, used to let me hear about it because he had him on his fantasy team, and I, I couldn't stand <laughs> this guy. So that being said, this is a team, man. I, I'm When I look at this team, we do. I know it's an NFC West preview, but when I look at this team, TJ, I'm looking at this team as an NFL team. Like, this is a team that can really go to the Super Bowl. They're, they're a contender, top contender, not just a team to win a division. This is a team I have to make noise. I totally agree with you with that. I My whole belief about winning a championship is you have to go through the heartache. They were yes. able to go through that heartache last season. Like, nobody, I don't recall a team that first time they got to the playoffs, they went and won the whole thing. No, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. You have to learn how to play that game at that level where you have majority of all football all football fans paying attention to you because not right. their team on the TV anymore. It's just you and that other squad going. You're the only game on TV. You'll right, be the trending right, right. topic on Twitter. Or any social media platform. Now that they've been there and they've felt that loss, I think they'll have that fire in their bellies and they will actually go out there and do what they got to do. I would wish that Tom Brady actually played in that first game because I would love to see like everybody just at full strength playing that game. Uh, I mean, it, I would it, it, love to see that. It's a September game. We wouldn't have gotten much from that. These teams are going to ebb and flow so much that a September game wouldn't have amounted to much in fairness. So oh, you're not missing much. It's not that. It's just that the fact that football is back that week one, okay. like that okay. luster there, it's, it's just to be like, all right, bet. I want to see this. All right, now, right now, like, I'm, like, I'll watch the games because it'll be on and everything. I'll probably be at the bar watching all the games, whatever, but... Like I want, I'm not be paying attention unless I have somebody on my fancy roster from either one of those two squads. Okay, fair enough. So. I, I see the perspective of the football fan. He wants to see two A1 squads going at it from the get. But as I said last week, I think Garoppolo is going to surprise some people, and I'm just going to leave it like that. Um, we've covered the NFC West. I, I had a topic that I was going to do on my own before we got into the preview, but I wanted to save it for you because. I want a different perspective on it. 
Paul Miller got paid last week. Big money. I think what was right. it, DJ? About seventy-one million guaranteed. Was it around, somewhere around there? Yes, like eighty-one, eighty-four million guaranteed, something like that. Okay. Around there. Okay. So when I saw that contract, right, it, it it made me recall a little bit because I'm not getting in anybody's pockets. I always like to start with that. But as a sports fan, as an NFL fan, we've seen the history where when you pay certain positions, right, it doesn't bode well for the entire team. I personally believe that big non-quarterback contracts in the NFL are kind of useless. You, you, when you pay certain positions, you're, you're guaranteeing yourself to not win big later on the road. So I want to just take on that. I, I'm not mad at him for getting this money, but I feel like the Broncos guaranteed themselves to not do much in the next two years. What do you feel about big contracts at non-quarterback positions in the NFL? Well, I think it's contingent upon the player personally. Like, okay. Von Miller deserved that contract. He was the MVP of the Super Bowl. Like, if it wasn't for Von Miller, I do think um, Carolina would win that game, personally. Mm, right. He, he came, he showed out. He had, like... He had the swagger, like how you, how, like, like how you would say. Personality-wise, seems like a great dude, fun, and everything. But like certain position, it's a premium position. If not every roster has a premium pass rusher, right? Not any squad has a pass rusher personally. Like personally, he's saying even the cornerback spot, you need corners in order to play against some of these wide receivers. Well, imagine if you had, uh, like, let's just go back in the day, like a. Uh, Felipe Sparks playing on Julio Jones. <laughs> he said Felipe Sparks. You know, people don't even know who that is, but I understand. Listen, that's his old school Giants guy, man. Come on, y'all. Like, yes, you yes, yes. Well, I mean, but, like, let's just imagine that. That's the whole gist of what I'm saying. Like, you need these positions, and that's what the market calls for. But at the end of the day, the people getting paid the most money is the ownership. And... They have to give a percentage of what money is coming in, and if the NFL wants to be able to reach, what was it, $25 billion in terms of overall revenue by another five years, you got right. to pay these dudes. Like, so what you're saying is, salary, is that with that kind of money and with the, the money that's coming into the league, that a contract like this won't hurt as much as it did a year or two ago? Is that is that what you're saying? I just want to make sure I'm following you. Yeah, correct. correct. Okay. Because you have to keep, like, I personally, and we all, I think we all agree with this, the fact that NFL players are underpaid. Right. Oh, grossly. Grossly. So we can't make the argument that we're overpaying somebody yet, but they're also overpaid. Can't. Mm, can't work fair. that way. Fair. Can't work both ways. You know, I all. just feel like in a salary cap league, this kind of money, I guess I got to go and break the contract down to see what kind of like cap, cap, ninjutsu they did to make sure that it doesn't hurt as much because in the event that you know let's say he, he sticks around the quarterback that's a Paxton Lynch becomes a good quarterback and he has to get paid how is this going to work if you want to field a Super Bowl team that's my concern here is that is this is this contract going to hinder the Denver Broncos become from becoming a Super Bowl team or remaining a Super Bowl team going forward I believe yes because just history has shown that Outside of the quarterback position, when you pay really big money to certain skill positions, it doesn't become much of anything going forward besides you having a high-paid guy that you eventually have to cut to get cap relief. So I'm, I'm, I, I think that they folded and they had to fold because of the, because of the bad pub involved in letting Von Miller walk. But I think it's going to hurt them more down the road. They had the right mentality to fight him on the contract just to give him almost $80 million guaranteed. I, I, I'm not feeling that, TJ. But let me put it to you like this, though. Peyton came off the books, right? Okay. So somebody had to get that, collect that money. And that's right. You're not paying your pre, not paying your premium position and quarterback a lot of money right now, however, because okay. you have a rookie there, but you also have Mark Sanchez and whoever the other third quarterback is. You're not paying a lot of money there. Okay. Paxton Lynch is still a first rounder, so he has a fifth year. The team has a fifth year option on him, which if he mm-hmm. does play well they will use and keep them under wraps at a cheap rate. By that time, you'll have a kid to leave, come off the books, who's probably the highest paid corner on their roster. Whoever the left tackle is, he'll probably come off the books, which will be the 
two highest paid players on their roster, and then a restructure, and then you have money coming up. But you also have to take advantage of the now with the fact that you have these players in their prime. So this, like, they won one championship. They're still, like, even though they lost Peyton Manning and Brock Osweiler, they're still going to be contending for a championship this season. It's not like they don't have talent on the roster. So, like, they're living in the right now. They don't have to rebuild, and they don't have to retool and reshuffle and all of that. They live right now, see what you can do for the next two, three seasons, and then you, and then as you go, that's what your draft picks come in. Even though you're going to be picking late, come see what you, see what you can get from your draft picks. So that's how they got to manage it. That's that, man. So we do. We just got just have to be smart. Put it out there that listen, we gonna try to win right now. And Mark Sanchez, don't turn the ball over. We'll depend on the defense. CJ Anderson, run that rock, do what you can do and everything and we'll just go from there. And that's that. But this is car sessions, y'all. This is what we do. We just talked about NFC East today. I mean, I'm sorry, NFC West today. We're coming back next week. I believe we got the NFC North next week. I believe so, yeah. So we'll get into some job scoring and everything like that. I lost my partner in crime, Jarvie, over there for a little bit. I don't know where he's at, but I'll, I'll finish up strong for him. So, car sessions. To all our viewers and listeners out there and everything, I need y'all. Y'all can tweet at us. We put it out there on Twitter. Chet O'Hara, C H E T underscore O'Hara. I'm T to the J. Put an underscore between everything. For the words, anyway. This is Carter. Thank you for listening. We out.